0: Welcome to the Tuesday Review. I'm Nathan, as always, joined by Callum and James in the studio. How are you going, guys? Good. Good. Callum can't make it today, unfortunately, but we have a very special guest in the studio, David Yule. Darcy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. no, no. Okay. Pause. Uh-huh.
1: Pause. <laughs>
2: no, we'll keep it in. Keep that in,
0: Darcy. Sorry, Darcy. That's all right. Great part of the start of the show. The show. That's <laughs> all right. Steve. It's, all good. it's live. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, wow, oh, okay, there you go. You sure? Well, you're never going to no leave that
0: down. No, David Yates, and I was just like, wait a second, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> getting confused. All right, Darcy Yule um, is the he's a filmmaker. We got another yes. filmmaker in the studio. It's someone actually we managed to, we wants to trick talk another to one into coming to the studio. I know <laughs> oh, uh, someone who actually <laughs> someone who actually makes movies It's great. Yeah, um, he's not made, just complains uh, about them. <laughs> uh, look, he's made a movie called One Punch, which is coming out very soon. It's amazing. Um It's about what generally it's about a coming of age story. About a boy who, um, I guess, he has some difficulties at school yeah. and like family drama, and kind of it all culminates yeah. in well, a night his out. Name. Like a night out with yeah. a one punch attack. I yes,
3: absolutely. And then the the repercussions of what happens afterwards, and yeah, those kinds of things. Um, should I keep? Talking? We were yeah. yeah, we yeah we can, were, keep
0: going. What? Uh, so it's um it's well, not quite out yet.
2: So yeah, we're, we're well, not going to
0: spoil it or anything. No, yeah. um, we should
2: it's... we should establish that Darcy wrote, directed, produced, and shot the movie.
3: Yeah, I did some editing and some some color grading as well. I did have some co-producers, so particularly yeah. um, one co-producer Shirley Tan who um, came on board and was like a really did the production management because it's very hard to produce when you're looking at a camera yeah, and setting yeah. up a shot. Um, but yeah, d- definitely was able to do a lot of that stuff, and and the main reason was um, the choice to shoot on a smartphone as well. So shoot yeah. the whole film on a smartphone because uh, you know for so long in my career I'd, I'd worked on large productions and I'd just seen how long it takes when you know change lens, moving closer, doing yeah. this thing. Yeah.
2: Well, that's the interesting. Heavy equipment. That's the interesting. Mm. That's the interesting thing about your film. One punch is like because. You shot it on the smartphones. It's like gives you that freedom, of and that uh, what do you call it? Like
1: maneuverability.
2: Yeah, and yeah. like yeah. a bit of speedier production.
0: Also coming from, I guess, a place of ignorance, it doesn't look like a smartphone movie.
2: No. Oh yeah. Like yeah.
0: it doesn't look kind of like you know, like it's you, know, you see footage I'm recorded sure, on a
2: smartphone. I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people about it. And said, "Oh, we shot it on a smartphone." I think automatically people think of it in a certain way, like holding
1: up your phone in front yeah, of your face, pressing the, ab- the record button.
2: Yeah. And yeah. it's maybe to explain it to people. I mean, maybe you could explain it to sure. people. It doesn't just look like you shot it on your phone. It looks like a at, in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you took steps to make it look. It's like a cinematically a- shot. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it looks like a movie. Movie.
3: Yeah. Well, that that's fantastic yeah. that you're seeing. I mean, I think when you see it in the cinema, which it's about to go into, it, it really does hold up and it looks a lot better. Um, and the reason for that was, um, you know, I've got a history of working in the camera department and and being a you know a cinematographer, but but also just really really testing and then the whole. I mean, the whole ethos of the film came about by me being in the industry for a long time and going, I'm never going to get the chance to make a film. Um, if I wait for someone to fund me, it's just not going to happen. So I yeah. just went, I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to do whatever I can yeah. and just make a film. And then making the decision to shoot it on a phone took a lot of the pressure away. So it didn't have to be perfect.
2: Yeah. It's just like, yeah. just do it. Like
3: yeah. yeah. And 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 even all through the whole process, I just kept saying to myself, it's just on a phone. Don't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, And that was quite freeing, you know. And so the things that we did that made it work was, you know, we don't have a lot of lights, so we're going to try and shoot this scene at this perfect time because that's when the light looks best. So there's a a park in Coburg, the skate park, you know, where we scheduled to have the scene shot there at that time because we knew that the sun was going to be hitting the horizon and and we get this beautiful piece of lighting. Yeah, Um,
0: Was some of that also, I guess... Not was it also kind of some of it would be remediated by having I guess different filters on the phone. Were we able to help yeah. with software and that's kind of built in, and you don't know, have to that... worry about like external camera filters or um, lenses or anything else. I think
3: you have to really you have to push it a little bit further. So um, obviously we had to use neutral density filters, which are like sunglasses, right? They cut down the light because the, f- the phone's actually pretty sensitive in the middle of the day. Um, and so there's an app on the phone that you can use called um, Filmic Pro, which a lot of people have used. They used it on Tangerine, mm. which was a, a famous yeah. smartphone film. It's a good, great movie. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and and then we also used a, an anamorphic lens, which is literally just a lens that squeezed the image. So you've got a really wide image um, recorded onto the sensor without having to crop the top and bottom to get the wide look. Oh, okay. So having that little bit of extra glass on the front, yeah, some filters... Um, really just to cut the light out because it's, you know, Australia's really bright most of the time. Um, And then, you know, just adding a little bit of light here and there, we sort of had three crew – we paid three crew members for the film and that was make up a gaffer, which is a lighting person, and sound recorders. So we had to make sure, obviously, that the sound was was good. That's a big thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the gaffer was the person who'd just be, you know – how hey, about if I just chuck a little light here? So we had these yeah. battery-powered LED lights, which were you could kind of take anywhere, and then um, makeup just made that difference with you know the way people yeah. look and and keeping the silhouette of the actor looking consistent,
1: natural, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Well, I guess like because you mentioned Tangerine, which is a great movie that was shot on a phone, and I think Soderbergh has made at least two movies that were shot on phones, and so it's just like. It's we're at an interesting point in the last, because honestly, other than maybe up until five years ago, you probably couldn't do this,
3: right?
1: Yeah, not in any way that not, it justice. Not, yeah,
3: not in in this no. like, quality. Yeah, I think the iPhone five was the one that they used to shoot Tangerine. Yeah, and
2: oh, that's still a while ago. That
3: yeah, yeah. Well, but it, there was something that that camera was able to do. Plus, they they shot it a certain time of day. Yeah. Um, but what they really did with that was they used the camera in a way that – like if I wanted to move a, a camera and walk along a street and um, you know, track two people running down the street and then getting in a car and then driving somewhere, that's mm. really expensive to do with a large camera. Yeah. But with the iPhone, like you guys were, were talking before about using the, the location of 8-bit in the city, we were yeah. able to do a shot where it starts inside the restaurant and then follows a character outside and then they – they're yeah. talking to someone else, and then we come back around and have another conversation, all through lots of people and traffic, and no one batted an eyelid. Because it's, it's so, so low profile,
2: low yeah. profile, yeah. and it's yeah so slim, and you don't have to worry about cables yeah. and yeah. people running behind. I don't even think it's it's like, like the northern
0: suburbs Melbourne version of leaving Las Vegas. I love <laughs> Yeah.
2: Well, speaking of like the the, the film was shot in Melbourne uh, in April 2019. Yeah. And what's uh, very close to home for us. Yeah. Um, sometimes we, uncomfortable. Yeah, so. we, were watch, we were watching it and being like, oh, I know there, oh, that's Coburg. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it was a bit too close to home. But uh, I guess that helped with um,
3: connecting to the film Yeah, yeah. as well. I th- a lot of people have noticed bits of Coburg because there's so many fantastic parts of Melbourne that you just don't see on screen. Um, whenever you see Melbourne, you see Flinders Station, You see the the bridge, you see the arts centre, you know, the MCG maybe. And St Kilda for some reason a lot. Um, Well,
1: it's interesting because like when people like, let's be honest, in Australia as well as out, whenever they think of our country, it's Sydney. Or like you said, it's like the big key landmarks in Melbourne. But it's really interesting to see a movie that's set in like, I say authentic. Like authentic because you filmed it in such a guerrilla filmmaking style, mm. authentic Melbourne suburbs. Also, yeah, in, yeah in, a
0: re, in a real normal. Yeah, because, like, place
1: in these productions which take place in, like, suburban Sydney or suburban Melbourne, mm. you know, these highly, higher budget, like, you know, ABC productions or yeah. even Channel 10 productions, it's all. Crafted to look a certain way. It's not like you said. It's not real. It's not real yeah. people in the street. It's all we have to do it. This. I mean, you still do it at a certain time of day. But it's all actors in the streets doing whatever. Yeah. But in this film, it's all authentic people going about their business. Authentic streets. Yeah. Because I'm. I'm assuming you didn't get permits for every single location. We we that. did
3: get. Um. We inquired about permits, but quite often you don't need a permit if you have a low footprint. So. Uh-huh. For example, shooting in the city, the rule is if you've got six people or more, you need to get a permit. But if it's just you with a camera and you're not putting a tripod on the ground, you don't need to actually get a permit. So um, we had permission to shoot on the train from Metro Trains. So we got they said, you know, you can do it between this amount of time. But they were okay with that because... You know, we didn't use any lights. We were just yeah. on the train Yeah,
0: that, it. and again, your footprint is minimal. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're not, yeah. Causing, you don't
2: have to shut not, down
0: a it's business. It's not shutting down the train yeah. line. <laughs> or.
3: There were some people who were a bit disturbed by the uh, content that we shot on the train, but um they just understand. Moved, they moved down I the, understand the, the carriage. Again,
0: if you see, that's good though. If that, you see yeah. something happening in public, yeah. people should be concerned. But that's also <laughs> a question we had yeah. was,
2: yeah. did you ever have an ex, like experience shooting the movie where someone came up and thought you were, like, really doing something The drunken acting and such. Yeah, yeah. because there's characters who get into fights and there's, like, drug deals and there's a couple of, like, dodgy... (laughs) Dodgy situations. And you're just there with your, you know, filming on Um, the phone. Did everyone... anyone... did the cops rock up or... Cops never rocked up.
3: (laughs) The closest we got was we were shooting in one alleyway and the scene's not great because we had to someone decided to empty every single rubbish bin in the alleyway. So oh. we had the truck with the flashing lights and the signs. Yeah, So we had to, we ended up shooting two takes of one shot as a master and just had to move on, which was a bit of a shame, but most of the time, so the, the nightclub stuff where the dodgy stuff happens, that's, we hired a location, which is Rubik's, which yep. is around this area as well. Hmm. Um, and got some extras in, We had some amazing people came in and were extras for us, which was um, lovely. And, yeah, I think most of the time when they're all walking down the street and they're kind of drunk, everyone's just like, "Yeah, yeah," <laughs> just because they can't see the camera, and so they yeah. just think that they're just being, you know, crazy. It, there drunk. is there's a
2: to call it a documentary style film is not the right term, but there is that element of because you have that minimal footprint mm. and the way you filmed it it's in real locations. Yeah. yeah, it does have that kind of realistic look to it. Um, yeah. And that feel to it, which helps to ground it in reality, mm. which is obviously a kind of what the film's going for. I
0: think we're in an interesting crossroads here as well, because the new phone, the new iPhone, for instance, is uh, uh, the rumor is it's going to have 8K.
3: Mm. Wow!
0: And it's going to be interesting but- to see what happens moving forward with the capabilities of phones and modern technology.
2: Oh, in future it'll be amazing, but I think to shoot at now on eight K, like it would take up so much Room. memory yeah, yeah. that you could only shoot a very short.
1: Only may, the only thing I can think of is if what you were filming was getting sent to a cloud service somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even then, how expensive would that be for an indie budget? I don't know.
3: Yeah, we. So I went and got little adapters so I could, you know, change the footage. Like essentially, like little drives but actually I sort of we got through each night that was another amazing thing like each night you get to the end of the night and you just take the footage off your phone um, it didn't use that much space even though we shot in in 4K um, mm. actually the only weird thing was I was lining up a shot once and I got a phone call and I hadn't turned my phone off <laughs> I didn't even think so of it so I was like because it, it was I was literally using my phone that that was my phone um and so normally I'd turn it off and put it on air, airplane and, yeah. and shoot, but then I was getting the shot and then someone <laughs> rang me, so that wasn't great. But um, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's yeah. Uh, the movie looks amazing. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see. We were fortunate enough to get a screener, which was um, given to us by a streaming platform. But I would be very interested into seeing it in the movies and seeing um, seeing all like however it gets released. Uh, it's a good looking well, movie. It's a good looking movie. So we like, have our
1: own. Uh, we have the Tuesday Review Cinema, yeah, <laughs> uh, which is our four uh, K projector. <laughs> right. um, budget, but budget uh, we. Uh, I thought about putting it on the projector, but I'm like. Since I don't know, you know, how this, we didn't know how the yeah. film was made, I was like, maybe we'll just watch yeah. it on the TV instead. Yeah. But now I kind of, now I'm like, mind if it'll look
3: good, blown up. We've got a DCP if that, you know, helps a digital cinema package and, oh, really? and put it through and, yeah. Um, it's, it's about to screen, so it's screening at the Lido and the Classic in Melbourne. Um, and then there's a, it, it, we're going through this site called Demand Films and what they basically do is they will pick up your film and help, They've got the platform for ticketing and for mm. marketing and stuff like that and their list of subscribers. And then basically they'll book a cinema. Um, so they've booked The Classic and The Lido, which are getting close to being sold out. That's um, wow. their next, next Monday is at The Classic and next Tuesday is at The Lido. Um, and then there's a screening in Geelong, I think, towards the end of September as well that's come about because a local person in Geelong's seen the film on the platform and has gone, I want to host a screening. Um, oh, wow, which cool. you can do with this platform. Yeah. So there's also someone in Mildura as well, which um, you know is really great that people out there in, in especially in the country, because I think they often, um, I think they, the story will resonate with them a fair bit because the, the actual narrative isn't just stuck in cities. Yeah. It's the same story in a lot well, of different well, places. It's about well, someone who's stuck. You know, yeah. like
1: they're kind of failing at school, but. You know, it's, yeah, I, it's, I personally think that maybe he would have done better at school if his uh, brother wasn't slapping the books out of his hand. But yeah. you know, I'm glad <laughs> well, you picked that up. Though. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but he, he also it's in his in being enticed into this other yeah. this yeah. other element. So
2: let's rewind a bit and talk about like the origin of the story and how you got the film made and like how, like when did you come up with the idea? When
3: did you start writing it? This is the really cool thing about this process. Um, Called the Fielder method. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but there are connections to the Fielder method. So basically, I was working at a at a school that shall remain nameless um, in 2019, and yeah. I was about three months into 2019. It was maybe April or May, and we were. I, I have a relationship with an acting school in Caulfield called Sixteenth Street. Yeah, I've been. Um, in- which are fantastic. Yeah. Just a really great school, and. Um, what we used to do was I used to get the film students that I was teaching to shoot showreel scenes for these actors. Yeah. And on the one day that they shot this particular actor, I was actually away. So someone else had shot it. I came back and saw The Rushes the next day and I just went, there's something about this kid, there's something lost, there's something stuck about him, but there's also something really vulnerable. And so I, I just rang him up and I said, you know, who are you? What are you, you know, what's, what are you doing? Um, and then I went home and I really, really hated this job. I really didn't like it because uh, I felt like um, it wasn't supported by the school. So I just went, you know, I'm just going to make a film. And, and years ago, I'd done this course called Character-Based Improvisation, the Mike Lee Method, yeah. which is a Mike Lee, the British filmmaker, uses this method that's mm. quite, kind of shadowy. But um, what he basically does is he'll cast an actor first. He won't even have a script. Um, then you get the actor in, you ask the actor... So in this incarnation for 30, 40 people that they know mm. and they'll give you um, examples. So let's work with Nathan, for for example. I say to you, give me 40 people that you know. One oh. of them might be Callum. Um, yeah. And then we'll talk about all those people and together we'll kind of choose one person who's really interesting. They've got, you know, maybe they've got a weird way of saying things or there's some kind of secret or they're stuck or all that kind of thing. And then I'd say go and follow that person. Um, go and stalk them no go <laughs> go and hang out with them which is where it sounds like the fielder method yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. go and get an assay. maybe spill the bowl just a little bit <laughs> and then um, uh, then you'd, you'd follow that person and you'd try and focus on personal ticks, personality traits things they say they mm. might go yeah or good mate or something or um, you know they might scratch their head in a certain way um, and then that actor will come back with those things those, those kinds of bits of information and we'll get rid of the name so we'll go okay Callum doesn't yeah. exist anymore mm. we're going to call him this this name um and then we just start improvising so i go okay i'm going to send you out to this place and it's it's very organic and it sounds really unstructured but in the mess what happens is is that you start to put you're doing this concurrently with different actors mm. um and then you create improvisations so for this film the first improvisation I had was between the character of Matt and Teresa, the the two main kind of
2: so characters. Were those actors always those characters, or did you start with a couple of other actors and say these are the characters I have in mind? And then when you made the film, you I had no was characters the... in mind at all, yeah. The it was characters just the actors, the story. Yeah. Came but, from... but I mean, um, is it Alex who plays the main yeah. character yeah. Matt and Jessica who plays Teresa yeah. were they always? Them it was always always
3: them too, Uh yeah yeah. yeah. So they were always the okay. principal. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah. No, well, like the origin before you even started shooting and you well, were- I cast them both because they had done the workshop and and you've probably noticed or they did the shoot that we did. Um and you probably noticed sometimes when you watch films about teenagers hmm. that everyone's like you know almost thirty. And yeah. So, <laughs> whereas these kids were they're still pretty like they were nineteen I think so yeah. they're still pretty close to school yeah. leaving age. The kids um, yeah the kids all look like. Yeah. Kids, Re- age yeah.
2: relevant, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah um, and so... But basically, they both brought their, their list of characters to me and then we developed their character and wrote their backstory and wrote their history. Yeah. And then, you know, I was saying to Jess over here, you know, there's this guy, Matt, you go to school with. He's a bit of an idiot, you mm. know. And then I was saying to Matt, you know, well, Alex, um, you know, there's this girl, Jess, you really like her. Yeah. Um, and then the improvisation I did was... He's um, he walks into the library to do some study and sees her studying there and his goal is to get so I gave him a goal every improv so your goal is to get her phone number yeah and her goal was to get his brother's phone number um. so there's always some kind of drama or conflict there um and it was really funny because I'm sitting in the corner of the library filming this <laughs> this improv, and you know, trying yeah. I think I was holding a book and just kind of doing this <laughs> yeah. kind slowly, of thing, and slowly
2: and turning into Nathan Fielder. But nobody, <laughs> <laughs> with a laptop with a yeah. Nobody <laughs> noticed
3: at all in the whole place. Like this was a crazy thing. And then these two were doing their improv at a table, and then the librarian came over and told them to be quiet and go somewhere else. And so they <laughs> had to go over to the, like. So it was just it, this reality began to take over. Um, and they were able to to act their objective Mm. um and then from there it just kind of you know then i did another one with his brother um and then i did the dad in him Mm. and then we like it ended up culminating in a big um, improv for over a couple of hours where they all had dinner together and everyone turned up at this event and mirko who plays the father who's just phenomenal Mm. he was actually a chef, so he's oh, made the oh, pasta from scratch wow. and everything. Yeah, because there's a scene where yeah they make they pasta, yeah, yeah. they make pasta and cooking. You're yeah, awesome. so, so buddy,
1: we we have this we have this uh, Italian friend and he's uh, a he's, silent producer Christian yeah he's more Italian than Italians you know what I mean yep. but he's he, watching yeah, his, he likes and to he think started that. complaining about the pasta Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, we like really, shut that's, up that's right oh. for our back pocket no, 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 <laughs> uh, that's really funny <laughs> that you mentioned he was a chef because we're yeah. not going to let him forget yeah. that one Nice.
2: But, <laughs> also because there's a character named Christian in the movie yeah. and everyone's always like shut up Christian shut <laughs> Off, Chris yeah. show. that was so good for us because yes. we're like yes exactly Yeah,
0: he was with us at the screen and he was apparently he was going to try and make it here
3: tonight
1: Yeah. we were like yeah shut up Christian get off your phone shut the fuck yeah he's one of those guys who just has his phone out the entire in the cinema if he's you know one of the anyway Uh, so it's really interesting (laughs) to hear you talk about this uh, exploratory method of filmmaking but I'm like so you did you have like an overall idea of where you wanted the narrative to go or did you like discover it as you went
3: a bit of both Um, I'd been so I played i played cricket for a long time. I um, I know this is a segue, but I'll come back around. Um, no, no, we do that all the time all, Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was playing cricket one day with this group of guys and we we're playing a team and, and one of the guys on the other team got really, you know, agitated and he headbutted someone on our team. Um, and my friend Mitch, um, who was on the team with me, just controlled him, just put him in a headlock and put him on the ground. But then the other players on the other team came in and started hitting Mitch and Um, you know, which was really dangerous Mm. and he was just trying to stop what was going on and what happened to me was I just went, I don't know, and the next minute I'm, you know, I'm going in there and and doing something and and afterwards, you know, it was a really bad scene, it was a terrible thing to happen and afterwards I really thought about why I reacted in that way Mm. And, and what I came to understand was that I reacted that way because I've been taught how to act that way. Um, yeah. And not by my my parents necessarily, but really by society norms. and yeah. peers and groups of people. And I didn't even think about it. And if I'd been stupider, I could have hurt someone. Mm. And any, anyone, like there was a guy who came in waving a cricket bat, right? And it's yeah. like, this is crazy. Um, yeah. So where does this behavior come from? And that was where I that was the sort of seed that I wanted to look at um, and I knew when I met Alex that there was something like it's just all of these things kind of came together and so I wanted to explore this idea but from the perspective of the person who has perpetrated the act because I remember listening to um, who's the guy that Justin Kurzel who directed Snowtown oh yeah. And he, I remember him talking about Snowtown, how the, the original script was like the police come in, they investigate, they mm. find out what's going on. And he kind of flipped the narrative to be, you know, an exploration from inside. Mm. And I thought that's really interesting because in this particular case with one-punch incidents, the person who gets hit, 99.9% of the time they've got – they don't even know it's coming mm. and they've done nothing wrong. Yeah. So what is the behaviour that leads to the, the wrongful act? Mm. Um,
1: it's really interesting because through most of the film, um, Matt.
2: Matt's the main yeah, character. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's positioned as like a. Um, well, we won't spoil it because this screen. Uh, yeah, is no, right. no. I yeah. mean, he's positioned as like a good-natured, uh, yeah, trying to do his best young man. Yeah. But then you know, events happen, and all the characters start to kind of shift a bit in terms of. Yeah. I mean you know drugs and alcohol are involved and so that's the primary yeah. catalyst if you will of, yep. that changes everyone but it's really interesting to see that the like the inclusion of um drugs and alcohol ...can dramatically shift a person's personality... ...and that's yeah. real life too... ...that's not just like... it's ...writing a screenplay... ...that's
2: not the only factor... Oh, ...no no... ...yeah, yeah no no, no no... ...I'm
1: just saying... ...but that, that's probably like the catalyst... ...which starts everything... Yeah. ...is that people who would normally... ...be able to uh, control themselves... F- ...suddenly find that the walls... ...are a bit thinner... ...and they yeah. can... ...yeah... Mm-
3: ...I mean even... I mean, these kinds of events don't normally happen without drugs and alcohol involved. Yes. It's like, um,
1: yeah, alcohol especially is a, yeah, a big one for one punch attacks.
3: The the research. So I was very lucky that I was able to re- do some research while this acting stuff's going on. I I spoke to the Victorian Forensic Society who 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 do studies on these things, and I was able to speak to an amazing woman, uh, Katerina Politai, who um, sorry if I've got your name wrong, Katerina. Um, <laughs> Now his his son's all about all that. All right. <laughs> yeah. His son, um, his son okay, David. Well, his son <laughs> yeah, David. Sorry, her son's David. actually <laughs> David, and David Kasai was the precious um, of life radio. <laughs> yeah, well, da- David Kasai was was actually hit and killed in a one punch incident in Rye. Um, and Katerina agreed to talk to me, and and she actually said a line that comes up in the film. So with, I'm interviewing her, and I'm talking to her about. Um, and she's an amazing woman because she she you know she's got a lot of forgiveness in her heart, but she also has campaigned for this mandatory ten year sentence. Mm. And she started a charity called um, Stop One Punch Can Kill. Just put your hands down and walk away. And that's a really great message, I think. But she said a line to me like, you know, if um if if that had been my son who'd hit someone, I would be protecting him too. Mm. And I think the line similar to that comes up yeah, at the end of yeah. the film, um, which is. So, so a lot of the perspectives, yeah. Yeah, absolutely perspectives. Because I don't think um I don't think anyone goes out.
0: Well, people don't go out of their way to kill someone.
3: No, no. Not
0: in yeah, not in mm, these yeah. types of situations. Not healthy
1: people, yeah. yeah.
3: Not and not generally anyway. I mean, I think in some situations that you know people go out going it's gonna, we're going to go and hit. Oh, someone. It's especially little, like the back of the head. There's and, a lot of yeah. people who are like oh let's go out yeah. and fight
2: tonight. But yeah, yeah, in these one punch kind of situations, it's like it is. Accidental, if that's yeah. the right word, but it's like, yeah, how can you take steps to prevent yourself from losing control? Which is what you said about your own experience yeah. of like being mindful,
1: especially in group situations, because these things yeah, often peer happen pressure in, in, and in, uh,
2: all
1: that. yeah, you know, drunken groups, people e- yeah. getting e- yeah.
2: egos. I, and I, I can't, remember, and, I can't yeah.
1: remember, I can't remember, I'm not a scientist, so I can't remember the specifics, but I'm pretty sure there is something to gang violence, as in when you get a group of people together a couple of people wanting to incite violence can usually convince oh, yeah. more mm. people to join in, which yeah. is how, like, like stampedes happen well, in the, a similar way. Yeah. A couple of people start, everyone yeah. gets excited and joins in, and then before you know it, you know, things yeah. are happening.
2: Yeah. The, the movie does deal with that, where it's just like, well, the dad thinks a certain way, so the brother yeah. has to think a certain way, so the youngest brother yeah. has to... And it's kind of a, a trickle-down effect or a, something like that.
3: I, th- I think Pressures the, to conform yeah, yeah And and the sense that we It's an environmental thing I don't think we're born like that mm. um, So you know Very deliberately In the beginning The father hits the son And mm. then the son hits You know The son You know yeah. It doesn't hit But he gets aggressive on the train Yeah And so there's a There's a chain reaction of so, You're going to treat yeah, me that way behavior, So I'm going to treat yeah. you that the way The cycle of violence I also yeah.
0: think In We'll say in Society today Empathy is often looked at as weak that's yeah, also true, especially the, with toxic masculine kind of yeah. personalities and it's yeah.
3: interesting though because it's meant to be changing but it's meant to be yeah depends
0: i guess in which area you are you know like in the northern suburbs yeah. for instance, so we see a lot yeah. of toxic I masculinity
2: think, still around yeah i think there's a lot there's a like the younger like generations uh you know us or even younger mm. so it's like starting to realize how important it is just to be Kinder or whatever, but I think in terms of larger societal, like people who make the rules, politicians, mm -hmm. people in authority, it's still seen as weak. Yeah.
3: to do the right thing to be kind and, it's a really yeah. interesting point actually when I listened to your podcast I thought you guys were about 18 but you're actually 80 <laughs> which you know you, oh. you look very good for, for being 80 but you're doing <laughs> is that bad that we sound like a bunch of
2: whining teenagers <laughs> no ages? no I'm just joking I'm <laughs> I just joking like,
1: we've had that feedback before don't worry. <laughs> oh, oh, back, yeah. back when we, we used to get
0: comments on the iTunes it was like oh they're great until they start talking about politics yeah. and other oh, yeah. bring issues. it on bring it on Yeah, it. Like, oh. like we always say the best thing to, to stop a lot of this honestly is give a kid a job in a supermarket and make him work the registers. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what it's every, like.
2: Every politician, the CEO, should have to work yeah, that's in it. retail. Work on the till yeah. and but then give them a week. They don't put people on tills anymore. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole yeah. other discussion. Um, yeah. But anyway, so you, you were working on the, the improv with the actors and out mm. of that came a store, characters and out of that yeah. came a story. Yeah. And then did you then go, hang on, guys, I'm going to go away and write a script or did you keep
3: working until everyone had the same story did you ever have to pivot yeah so the first conversation with Alex was June or July in 2018 yeah and the aim was to shoot the film in the Christmas holidays like that sort of December 2018 which Mm. is crazy go from no idea absolutely (laughs) anything to shooting a film in six months Um, and unfortunately I just wasn't ready I was like we're close we're about two or three weeks out and we just went nah we're not ready Hmm. Um, and I was writing the script at the same time and, but I hadn't shown any of them the script, which is really uh-huh. interesting. So all I know is who their character is, what their relationships are. So we ended up rescheduling to April. Um, my contract with the, the school that I was working at ran out at the end of December and they hadn't reorganized a new contract. So I just said, oh, <laughs> I'm coming back. Yeah. And I just went and and did heavy pre-production on the film, um, And so when we were ready to shoot in April, I think they got the script maybe a week before the shoot. Um, We sat down and we did a table read together. So they had some idea of the the territory, but it's really interesting because I've I've been alongside writing it, but um, for them it must have been very strange.
1: Do you Mm -hmm. think it put a lot of pressure on your actors who are quite young – to kind of... Because method mm. acting and improv is something that even the even the best actors in Hollywood can struggle with sometimes. Mm. It's hard for... I'm not an actor, but I've, everyone will agree. It's hard to sometimes get in the role and yeah. you know deliver the lines in an authentic way. Do you think that your actors run a lot of pressure to kind of find the right direction with such little... Because like, normally you'd have yeah. a, de- a defined script and you just read the lines as they're written, but with this looser style of filmmaking...
3: I think in the reverse, actually, because if i when they read the script and we went through it if there was something that i'd written that didn't sound right they would go no i wouldn't say that i'd do this mm. and so that kind of made informed a couple of changes so mirko the father for example i'd written a speech for his when he says his speech for matt's birthday um, but he went oh, i think i want to write something and so he went away and wrote something the night before that scene. Oh, okay. And came back, and it was similar, but but it was in his words, yeah, in well, Carlo's words. One yeah. thing
1: we mentioned watching the film was that the language felt very natural from the yeah. the young the kids. They're not kids, you know what I mean? The, yeah. the younger actors, that we we talked about that. Were like it's very very natural because uh, a lot of times, like when people try to write high school, sometimes it can come off as kind of.
3: Cringy. There's a yeah. weird balance because high schoolers do speak in a cringy way. But <laughs> yeah. if you represent exactly. it in that way... The, they swore yeah.
1: an appropriate amount, maybe yeah. not the right oh, swear words. Yeah. Oh,
3: that's,
2: that's something you appreciate when you watch a movie <laughs> yeah. about like, northern suburbs teens. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, how, many, how many F-bombs?
3: Oh, yeah. good. good. Oh, no, yeah. they, it was hard to pull the, the swearing. There wasn't that much swearing in the script. <laughs> but that yeah. certainly no. came no, through. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's good. It's authentic.
0: We, um, we might go to a very quick break. We'll be right back after this. You are back on the Tuesday Review talking with Darcy Yule um, <laughs> about his movie One Punch, which is coming out soon. Um, okay, so we're talking about, I guess, behind the scenes and writing and character yeah. kind of stuff.
2: So the next question I had is, now that you're shooting the movie and you've got the actor, you know, working with the actors to flesh out their characters and to bring their own voice to the written dialogue, when you're actually shooting, how much of it was improvised versus just let's do it as it was written
3: by that point were you just like okay we've locked this in yeah pretty much we were, the script was written and and they were doing the script as it was any improvisations really would come so so the tradition when being on set and this is something that that um, I teach students and it's often not picked up on is there's a five step process which is you block it you light it you rehearse it you tweak it you shoot it mm. and so you know, we would block the scene, we'd get together, we'd go, okay, let's read the script and we'll just talk about where you're all moving and, and where do you want to move. Because quite often it was the first time they'd been in the location and it was a natural location. Um, and But I, I had been to the locations and I had already thought about where I wanted to place the camera and how I wanted to use the camera. Um, and sometimes that changed because of, you mm. know... Garbage, yeah. garbage trucks and things yeah. like that. Um but most of the time it was like, okay, let's block it, let's do the lines, let's see is is everything working. And then we'd do the set yeah, no, so it was pretty much traditional filmmaking mm-hmm. on the day. Yeah. And you shot it pretty quickly and it's quite impressive yeah. like what you did. Ten days, um, ten well, twelve days with a couple of pickups because yeah. um, we had an actor who got lost one day, and <laughs> um, we had to reschedule his <laughs> I'm shoot. Lost, I'm
0: lost in all the suburbs. <laughs> no, he was <laughs> lost in the city. He was yeah.
3: Um, but you know, we we um, we shot over ten days. The main it was, and it's great being your own producer in a way because you know that that fight scene that happens that was just one night's shoot. So that was yeah. we just went okay, we're going to do this over one night i have to cover every single person so there's about eight or nine characters by that stage Mm -hmm. um everyone who's involved every single thing so there's so much coverage of that scene to to get it to work in that particular way um and do it safely because you know there's there's dangerous stuff going on um so we had one night for that whole scene which was great and then the rest of it was really we're shooting sort of probably 10 minutes or eight minutes of screen time a day which is Pretty good. Yeah, it's kinda of like fast T V sort yeah. of um you know I
2: think what's also interesting, you know, the way you shoot it is like a lot of uh, realistic kind of character dramas, mm. uh even you know, ones shot on film, um, have like this the documentary style handheld. Mm. But because and because you had the phone, it's like well you could do that. That would be the easy way yeah. to do it but i think what's impressive is you went to lengths to make this look traditional kind of slick and kind of
3: yeah
1: not shaky
2: cam
3: yeah it was i had that that progression as well of you know the start of the film i wanted it to be very sedate and very kind of calm mm. um and then you know, if you take the very first frame of the film, it's it's Matt lying in bed asleep, mm. and then and his mum saying, "Get up! It's time to go to school." Keep and then the very steady. last frame yeah. is a close up, a big close up on him watching something pretty horrendous. Mm. Um, and that's the shift of the film. Um, so I wanted to start it off very much classical kind of style, um, and then also do a lot of what you know, wonders. Um, so yeah. do a lot of scenes, um, sort of not a flex, but really. I love Scorsese and and mm. the way that he uses the camera, you know, to lead like yeah. Goodfellas and those kinds of things. Not so. a lot of quick cuts, no. Yeah. And but but when we and use them, I think they have more impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And it it adds to, to that level of like cinematography. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like uh, what do you call it? Like engagement of like instead of like cut, you know, yeah, one shot cut one. Shot, you know, it's, it's like it adds that level of oh, there is a movement to the frame. Well, and, it's
1: uh, like I mean it's like art in a way that it's like you've got to keep it dynamic you've got to keep it moving mm. I, again you know? I think it, it's like, another thing that drew us in yeah.
0: like let the shot link like letting the shot linger yeah. and that kind of adds to the immersion to go mm.
1: on a, a small tangent, I apologize. <laughs> it's like in comic books where mm. if you have like the older style of comic books, it's just here's one panel, one panel, yeah. one panel, one panel. But then you started to get like the Frank Miller comics and they would introduce yeah. a bit more flexibility to the panels. And then you have the two page spreads with the, you know, suddenly you've got the things going diagonally across the page yeah. instead of just the traditional panel setup, which is why movies should take advantage of, the, like you said, the movement of the camera because yeah. you can get some really interesting shots that way. Which was, like I said, the fact that it was made with a smartphone, and we yeah. get such an interesting, creative film. It's so interesting because I've never. This was my first smartphone uh, movie. Fo- oh, Jesus, my <laughs> first smartphone movie production yeah. that I've seen. So it was really interesting to see that it had that crisp feeling to it, and it was very artistic.
3: Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of the thought went into because cause if you think about it, the camera is the audience, right? It's the only way that the audience accesses the the film, yeah. and so. What I really wanted to do was this sense of like a vortex, almost in the in the earlier scenes, where you're kind of just being swirling around, and you're being dragged by what's what the kids are doing. Um, but after the significant moment, or even just before the significant moment, it becomes handheld. I don't think there's any handheld before then, um, and then it's the handheld has a has a greater capability. So I stopped using locked off cameras um, through that sequence, and then mm. the next morning it becomes still again and in a way that's because, um, you know, life goes on but actually it doesn't Mm. Um, and quite often for a lot of people I think who who escape prosecution, it can seem kind of mad that life just goes on and yet this thing happens. So so that powerful tool of using the camera like, um, you know, I think most good, uh, I mean, it's a really basic tool but if you can not notice it, it's really important, yeah.
0: Um, changing direction a little bit before we forget um, the score for this movie was really yeah. nice yeah. the score was great yeah. can you tell us a little bit about
3: score was probably the most expensive part of the whole film it's about a quarter of the budget um, but it was by made. I, I went to I was very lucky to go to a film school called AFTRS in Sydney um, and I did a two year masters there in uh, 2002 or something so That's when most of you guys were born. No. (laughs) Um, but uh but it was a like it was a traditional, you know, go in, make two films a year kind of thing. Um and in the first year I was there, I had a you get a composer, that you get a cinematographer, you get an editor, you get a producer, you get a writer, all of these, you know, production designer, all of these amazing things. And um and I was given a composer who was this guy called John Gray. And John's gone on and done a lot of shows. He's done a lot of um films but he's done every um production that i've been able to afford a composer for and so we have this relationship and what happens with john actually is that he'll play some music he's a pianist um traditionally and he'll play something as a response to the script which Mm. is really interesting um but in this case we really we did struggle a bit because i really wanted to initially have a score i loved um I really loved the film Good Time. I don't know if you guys have seen Good yes. Time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I loved the score at a Good Time. That is just synth-y. chaotic and synthy and yeah. kind of mad. Um, well, for
0: me, I got very big Angelo Battle of Menti's Menti's
2: yeah. Battle yeah. Menti. Yeah, there was a couple Twin of Twin Peaks vibes. There was a couple of scenes where during the, score the uh, pivotal kind
1: of moment. Got... There was this yeah. this this piece playing, and we were yeah. like, it "Sounds like something uh, Angelo Twin would Peaks-y,
3: have written. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. John John will really, really be happy to hear that. Well, like, is
0: that kind of, yeah. Look, it it had that Sonic signature, but it was like an unsettling kind of, which was probably what you're aiming for, but it was, like, perfect.
3: But it's the beauty of collaboration with people that you get to work with, you know, and you trust them is that John kept going, no, I don't think it's that, or he'd just go, yeah, yeah, okay. And then eventually we had this conversation where he said, look, I think the point of this film is to not um, hide the ending. It's going to go bad. Mm. So let's say that from the start. So the start is very much like it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Um, and then he found, then he found a theme, and from that theme he kind of adjusts it up and down depending on the moments, and it gets lighter and it gets darker, and um, and so it really came about in that organic way. Like I, I'm not a musician, um, and and he is, and and he heard something, he felt something, and then it was kind of like initially I was, you know, I wasn't not enjoying it but it had to for me as a filmmaker i had to go yeah okay i trust you john you go go down this pathway and and he did it's beautiful like i rejected cello my whole life as a filmmaker (laughs) because it's like here comes the cello we're going to be really (laughs) sad you know um but He he was right. I think it was the right tone for the, and it was the right instrument. Like for Matt, Matt is the cello. You know,
1: Mm. yeah. Well, we enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I think that was one thing about the movie that really did surprise me. Usually, when you know, movies have like a micro budget. it doesn't, mm. the score yeah. kind of reflects that. But this sound—it wasn't
1: uh, that that free nine-inch nail soundtrack that uh, everyone uses. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it royalty. wasn't. It wasn't royalty-free <laughs> yeah. MP3 files. Uh, <laughs> Which we would—I'm sure it would have been fine
0: yeah. if it was. But the yeah, fact that it was yeah. a piece of music that no, we hadn't but heard it was before. something
1: we specifically
0: noted. I'm like, oh, this is actually yeah. a really amazing score.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. sound design and yeah. is yeah. so
3: important. And we were so lucky with this post sound because, yeah. um, you know, yes, we shot in April. 2019 and the yeah. film was kind of cut by you know the end of 2019
0: and then yeah i would say it would have been a very different movie we went into a, 2020 yeah, and we're like later,
3: yeah let's go and you know get some funding to finish the film and then COVID hit. so um it's
1: a miracle you filmed it when you did
3: yeah well I, i'm actually i say it was cut by the end of 2019 but it wasn't actually it was in one form like i had a cut after two weeks and we watched yeah. it on a big screen and and it was working but there were interesting things like the father's performance is so good that he really overshadowed and we had to kind of pull him back mm. a bit um but we're still cutting in 2020 and um and yeah we just like we were lucky i i rang a post house said what are you guys doing have you, have you got anything on he's like no nah, we're getting job keeper but huh. I've, i have all these people sitting here you know doing nothing yeah. And I'm like well can we talk and they were fabulous it was Daron Kippen, who runs a company called Music and Effects, and they've done a lot of, you know, great Australian films through the years. And Daron just said, yep, okay, we'll do we'll do a deal. Um, and so we had the, you know, I had sort of mask on in there listening to the, the mix and everything. So we've got the proper 5.1 mix and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it sounds
2: great. It did yeah, sound Because great. you can make a movie on IMAX, but if the sound's no good, then yeah. Yeah. there's no point. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, also, well, tell us about the challenges now of releasing a movie, especially in this period. Yeah. So you've you've got the movie so ready to go. Yeah. But it's COVID. So what now?
3: So, yeah, it was was freaky. But we, we did have a cinema um, – not cinema, sorry. We had a festival plan, which was, you know, when I started making the film, I went, okay, I'm going to make a feature. I'm going to make it on a smartphone, but I'm going to win every smartphone festival that I can. Mm. Um, and I think that was a really good plan because it's – you know, a lot of this is about being noticed um, and I'd seen a couple of really great smartphone films. One really good one is Blue Moon. It's a New Zealand film, which is like a um, crime thriller. He's um, made, made by a cop and so therefore it's, they've got like police cars all through it. and um, but it's <laughs> kind of, nice help from work. Yeah, it's but, kind of a cool little, yeah. um, you know, indie noir sort of film um, and Ooh. then Tangerine as well. Yeah. Um, and so I just didn't, you know, it's the stupidest thing in the world to make a film and not know who you're going to sell it to. But again, you know, the, the goal was to make it. Yeah. But
2: it's also exactly like because you were just like, I've just got to go out and yeah. get this done. Like if you were like, I have to get funding, I have yeah. to find out, you know, I
3: have to rent the lenses. It's like, yeah. and then you end up never doing it. Yeah. So and I could make, you know, if I went the Screen Australia route and, you know, maybe you got $5 million from various sources to make a feature film, mm. it might be okay, but it, but it probably wouldn't be any better. And I could make maybe 50 films for that budget. That's a good point because
2: we finished the movie and the credits were rolling Mm. and we all turned to each other and said, you know, we've seen bigger budget Hollywood movies that mm. we didn't enjoy half as much yeah. Mm. as your movie.
0: Also, the movie was only 75 minutes long,
1: but it felt yeah. appropriate. Yeah, yeah, there was no fat on it. We were very surprised mm. um, to see how just concise it all I, was. I guess yeah. that's
0: a... Uh, because you're making it all yourself. Yeah. There's no... Cause I, I, I mean, did try to make to it... Hit. Well,
3: this was a mistake and this is a writing thing for you is... I thought one, you know, one minute of, one of minute screen time is one page. page. Oh. No. Yeah, not always the case. So yeah. I did, a, I literally worked to get a 90 page script and then I got a 70 minute film. So, <laughs> well,
0: But it worked out. Like it's, yeah. um, you know, there was no, it felt like to us a complete yeah. feature. Be, there, was no there was no unnecessary. No to be fair yeah. to
1: you, if, when I was at uni, mm. I, I did a module on screenwriting Yeah. <laughs> They all say one page is one minute, yeah. so they're all lying to you. But that's one hundred and ten they... pages for a feature <laughs> yeah. script. That's, yeah. that's what they that's what that's what they yeah. teach, but it's not. It doesn't yeah. always work out that way.
3: I, uh, I was lucky that I had a again because I went to film school. I, I rang a friend of mine, also during COVID, Julianne DeRuva, who's an, an amazing editor and is she's cut a lot of great um, TV and documentaries. She did Girls Can't Surf, which is a recent feature doc, and she had a two week gap. And, you know, again, I I paid her, but she took it for two weeks. And she actually turned it from something that was a little bit, you know, it was still a bit rough around the edges and she just polished it. And so I think those choices, Mm. you know, she solved a lot of little problems that... um, Pacing. Yeah. I mean, there's only one scene that's not in the film that we shot. Actually, there's two scenes that's not in the film that we shot. And one was a scene where Teresa wakes up in the hotel Goes to the fridge. There's nothing in the fridge. There's nothing in the cupboards. And then she grabs a pack of noodles and she mm. leaves. Um, and that was before the dad gets brought in. And that was to kind of show her experience and her life. Um, but it just felt different. It just didn't feel like part of yeah. the same film. Um, and then the other one was a scene with the brother just dropping off, um, you know, Christian's items in the ocean, um, mm. you know, at the end. like so. But we didn't really have just didn't really work tonally either yeah yeah Um, yeah.
2: well if you ever want to release the extended version (laughs) i I want yeah (laughs) i want to see that cut (laughs) yeah i
3: mean mean, look it's it's um the the actors were great but it's just like i don't think that the thinking had happened i mean there's one scene in the film that that wasn't in the script Hmm. that we wrote and took an extra day to shoot because i felt like we had to which is the scene where teresa comes home and she sees her dad and her dad says, where were you? Oh, I think oh. that's really important. Yeah, so, it's yeah very yeah. important. And she's fabulous in that moment because mm. he's still in There's his space. There's so much space. going on, yeah. And she's like, I I just thank you. She takes his hug, but then she realizes that she can't trust still him. Still not right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that came from, you know, we, we need to resolve this relationship yeah. in some way. Yeah. It's fascinating. That's
1: great. Because uh, that was a powerful scene. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, well... So, what, like, what now? You, you've edited the movie. Yeah. Um, it's all ready to go. It's still during COVID, I
3: presume. Yes. Does that
0: hamper your plans to release the movie?
3: Uh, I had no plans to release the movie. I sort of vaguely thought people would love it and want to buy it. And um, we didn't actually, I didn't actually bank on a cinema release. I thought that we would try and sell to a streamer or I'd take it to a market. Um, yeah. I took it to the American film market in 2019 before we shot Actually no, I went in 2020 just before the world went to crap. Mm. I was actually in the states and I went to a market. No one wanted to touch a smartphone film. Mm. Um, so big mistake. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. I think it's weird to to sort of put
0: a
1: decision down we haven't watched it.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well like we like so we watched the film, think, and one of the first things we said was, "It's really fascinating to see that this how great this film is." Because one of the uh, one of the the last two film reviews we did, I believe were men and the black phone. Mm. And we all said, this movie yeah. was... For us, personally, mm. we enjoyed this movie more than Alex Garland's men. Right. And uh, Cargill's... Cargill?
2: No, um... Uh, Scott Derrickson
1: yeah and, and Scott Derrickson's black phone can I put like, that on the cover <laughs> no yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh. the Tuesday review says
2: <laughs> it's yeah. better than men any cool any anyway. <laughs> quotes you need <laughs> no but that's, that's one punch better than all Hollywood Thank no, you. movies but that's, ever that's <laughs> <laughs> the Tuesday <laughs> review and, pardon
1: the phrase though but we're not just blowing smoke up your ass yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was like we, we said that was really not surprising because yeah. like you know yeah. good movies come out of Australia all the time but it was really surprising to see that with a smartphone and a, and a small budget you did a better. You told a better a story yeah. than yeah. the you know heavy hitters of Hollywood have been doing lately.
3: I think so it's the- authenticity. Like it's it's this is the thing that I discovered was you know I've written Tarantino esque scripts in uni yeah. and but people always say write what you know and it didn't for some reason I'm stupid maybe it didn't occur to me that you have to experience the ups and downs of life and really to understand.
1: And that's also yeah, a quote that's it, that's infamously taken out of context. I think so, yeah. It's one of those things that, again, they teach you in writing school and, and every writer will come out and say, oh, well, you've got to write what you know. But like uh, a great example of this is um, George R. R. Martin. Mm. Right? And not George R. Martin, I'm sorry. Um, Salvo, um, The gentleman who writes the Drizzt novels. Oh, yes. Um, um, R.A. Salvatore. R.A. Salvatore. Salvatore, yeah. He was a bouncer, and so yeah. when when he, he knew the choreography be- uh, that goes on behind fights. Yeah, I think it was him.
3: Do you live in really cold climates though, as well? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Though, so it's <laughs> like he's it's, a favourite of mine. It's so yeah. this,
1: it's this notion yeah. that like you know, um, there's people who only write crime novels because they they work in yeah. the, they're a lawyer or they work in the police department or whatever. Yeah. But in reality, it's you write the things that. Not that you've experienced directly, yeah. but the things that you can relate to.
3: No, I'd experienced yeah. th- that that violent, you know, situation. Yeah. But then I'd found this actor, and putting the two of those things together was a chance for me to explore an idea. And that's yeah. what I think. Right, what you know is about. Um, yeah. So the, f- I mean, the we haven't got a sale or anything yet. We're really trying to to get a sale to a streamer, maybe even get it seen overseas. But um, you know, for now it's sort of in. We're screening it like those, those places were screening in Brisbane and Sydney um, and Perth and Adelaide through September, um, which is all pretty great. Sydney's sold out, um, Brisbane's almost sold out. So mm. a lot of that's pulling our network in. Well, but
2: yeah, yeah, because you did mention how you tried to sell it and they weren't interested. And I mm. think it's like what I was saying earlier is like the stigma of saying, oh, this was shot on a smartphone people have in their yeah. head already like, well, I know what that is. It's yeah. going to be like a TikTok, YouTube yeah. like the, <laughs> video. And yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. You can do so much incredible things yeah. and you're evidence of that.
1: The point I was going to make before I went off on my tangents, I'm sorry, <laughs> was that ironically, they didn't pick up what was probably one of the better films in the market at the time. Mm. Potentially, yeah. Yeah cuz like i said like no, no no like not to said, blow, smoke. we we watch movies all the time and most yeah. of them aren't as good
0: as one punch i mean it's, it's especially we considering the drought that's going on through covid with yeah. films yeah. Anyway. yeah the
3: american film market is a unique market it's kind of like comic con um, in as much as it's sort of false you know, if i can say that yeah, oh, yeah like, we, we talk about that there's a lot of yeah. people who talk a lot and but the american film market is not and and so yeah, it's, it's very strange there's a lot of Um, plastic surgery going on there Mm. um but yeah and i mean the big the big film at that market was 21 bridges i think which was the chadwick boseman film and um but that's not necessarily a great film and um so it's not a peak market but it was just you know it, it is very demoralizing when you make something um you make it because you want people to watch it, you know, and you, you want yeah. them to feel something.
1: Yeah. Well, we talk all the. We've actually been on going off in a bit of a rant lately on the show about the over commercialization of yeah. art in general, not just movies, but yeah, like the, the the scales have been tipping less towards the art direction and more towards yeah. what can we sell. Like cynically, yeah. what can yeah. we sell the most to customers? Well, the package, it's yeah. like the Netflix situation, where they cancel everything because once they've mm. got the amount of subs they need for that particular product, yeah. they move on.
3: I don't know, have you guys seen The Grey Man at all or we have. Yeah. No I didn't
0: watch I I it. have seen The Grey
3: Man. Is it worth watching or it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's but the Nathan thing. But Nathan has questionable taste. But I
0: have questionable
2: taste. No, <laughs> but, I'm, look, thinking that, I'm thinking uh, that movie a you num-
0: It's a by the numbers action No, bookbuster. it's a different one. Yeah.
2: You so, know what I'm
1: talking about though, right? That that one that's on Disney+, Plus, the horror film? That's The Empty Man. I'm thinking of The Empty Man. I'm oh, that,
2: yeah, we have to discuss yeah. that another time. But, <laughs> you yeah, know, because we talk a lot about like, you know, c- filmmaking has always been a compromise between art and commerce. Yeah. I think over the last 10, 20 years, it's gone full to the commerce side. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think what's great about your film and what I appreciate about it is that because you had the ability to just go out and shoot it, mm. you would, like you did it, obviously you want people to see it and you want people, you know, you want to sell it to a certain but extent. uncompromised. But yeah, yeah, you were like, I want to make this because I am a filmmaker and I want to present yeah. this story that is personal to me. There's and no political correctness. And resonates with people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, Which,
0: again, it's authentic to the area. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you know
2: what I mean it's just like it, it, it's like you made a film because you wanted to make a film and not because
1: and that's, that's what art should there be there was a brand yeah. behind it or that's where the best art comes from it's yeah. when a person make
3: yeah creating and something. research like yeah. have, have you guys ever been to billboards uh, no it's like the worst nightclub in Melbourne yeah in Swanston I've heard yeah, of yeah, it yeah. I feel like yeah.
0: Alum should have been here yeah,
3: yeah I know if you want to like <laughs> Alan's just, probably been drunk yeah. if you <laughs> drop a match on the floor the whole place will go <laughs> up <you> know, <laughs> um, in hairspray and alcohol so Um, But we went to places like that. But, yeah, absolutely. Like um, a lot of my contemporaries who are making films, they're making films about the water polo team that, you know, wasn't so good but now they're going to be great and and they want to sell it to Disney. because it's sellable, yeah. Because there's money funding that and it's really depressing because you've got these great creatives who are are working on stuff that even kids don't want to watch but for some reason it fills a hole somewhere Mm. in, you know, in the US or...
2: I I talk about all the time on the shows movies as content. It's like we're not making a movie or a show because it's a good thing Mm. to make. We're moving because we need to have something on our service or fill some fill a screen somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's what I appreciate about your movie. It's like you made it, and it's like okay, it's you made it because that's what you want to make. Mm. And now uh, you did. sell it not sell it what's the word uh, enter it enter yeah. it into several uh, markets film no uh festivals, film festivals. festivals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and you won uh eight awards that I counted yeah. congratulations around yeah. all around the world yeah. um and now you've brought it back to australia yeah can you tell us about that process of like you entered it all you, yeah. you get some recognition were there any i told
1: and you so moments yeah no, <laughs> no, there's got to be some vindication uh, i don't think that's i mean
3: <laughs> you know like we talked about being empathetic and kind like that's not it's certainly not me i just would love i would love to have a, a story of you know this person took my call or you know i submitted it to miff i submitted it to sydney i submitted it to brisbane i submitted it to cinefest i festivals i submitted it to all the big Australian film festivals, and none of them took it. It's so bizarre. Um, yeah, I don't know if it even got watched. I, I mean, particularly Miff, I think it's really disappointing because I mean, it's a film that is about that should Melbourne. be celebrating yeah. Australian, yeah.
1: Australian films, really.
3: But I think that their remit is to celebrate international films. They bring international films oh, yeah, in, and we yeah. watch them. So that there's a large element of that, and you know, but it, it is disappointing not to have any. You know, I've I've spoken to Film Screen Victoria or Victoria Vic Screen or whatever they're called now and said, Hey, can you put me on your newsletter? Mm. Absolutely crickets, you know, nothing. So I don't know what's going on yeah. there. It's... I don't think I was drunk and rude to anyone, but mm. um maybe in a past <laughs> life I've done something <laughs> bad. Um but it's just it's just really baffling and difficult and um but that doesn't mean like, I've proven that that doesn't matter. You just yeah, find yeah. another way. Mm. Look, at, out, least on the re- at least on the
0: old resume you've got, look, I won these eight awards. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's that's enough of the quality assurance yeah. I need.
3: And that, that was the other thinking was, okay, if I do want to make a film, I've got to. why don't I go and prove it on my own dime and, and go and do it? Um, and so now if I do go to make a film, I've, I've got one here. And I learned yeah. so much. Like, yeah. this is the biggest thing to anyone who wants to make a film is I learned so much by making a film. Not That's by the only thinking way you can about learn. it, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I learned... Um, you asked before about you know the shots are wider. Um, I'm a huge Kurosawa fan. Oh, me too. And The Seven Samurai is this film that always You're speaking ...sticks my language. with me because at the too beginning of the film, film it's like, well, it's you know, <laughs> but he's he's really great. You know, like he doesn't he doesn't use the close up too much. Yeah. And. In my earlier short films, I'd used the close-up too much because I had a nice camera and it looked really good and it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. You think that's
2: what you're supposed to do. But you know? that's
3: the thing that you hold and you hold off and you mm. don't, you know, you use the... So in the beginning of The Seven Samurai, it's like, wide shot, let, you know, let's run away. The other people go, no, let's, yeah. let's hide. And the other people go, you, let you know, let's out. kill ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets bad. And then one guy stands up into a big close-up and he says, let's fight. Yeah. And, and it's like, boom, the moment the film kicks in, yeah. right? Um, so like i said
2: earlier it's like a lot of films make the mistake of oh we have to be filmic by yeah. cut to this guy cut to this guy you have cut to this yeah and it's like we were talking about scorsese it's like no you can just let the camera move in a bit mm. you can just let things play out you can let it's like it makes for a more polished kind of smoother mm. better movie um yeah Br- bringing it back to
0: the um, yeah so to the, the festivals <laughs> again, you win, we get carried win away, all yeah. the
2: awards uh you mentioned demand film yeah can you tell us about that process did you submit it to them and say can you please release this Do they?
3: Uh, it's what still happened? a relationship industry i think on a large scale like you guys were saying you work in retail you would know someone who works at that place that you yeah. can talk yeah. to and, and get something who you know in. not yeah. what you know um, thing. so john the composer his partner is actually a producer in sydney um and she came to a screening of the film, and she's mm. like, "This is bloody amazing! You know yeah. why aren't more people watching this?" Um, and so she kind of took up the mantle a bit and, and connected me to a few people, and connected me to David from um, from Screen uh, from Demand Film. And basically, what they do is they they'll take films from all around. They're in the states, they're in the UK as well, and they'll um, they'll set up a screening. And they divide the the costs. So the cinema takes about half the half the ticket sales, um, and then the other half is divided equally between demand and ourselves. But what they do do is, um, when we get to a certain level, they will do marketing. So we'll probably never see anything from the cinema um, release, but people will see the film, you know, yeah. um, and they will understand, you know, the the process, and that will help, you know, I guess build the profile a little bit, um, and. You know, it, it's just a, it's such a, like, I can't think of it, like, it'd be like playing cricket for Australia or, sorry, I'm cricket tragic, but, you know, <laughs> or, or or doing something really amazing. It's to have a film in the cinema is just, yeah. it's yeah. going to be mm. really beautiful. Um, I can't,
1: it's probably a very emotional experience.
3: Yeah, I think it, it is because I've had, I've been in the cinema for festivals, but that's kind of a little bit different as well because, um... Well, first of all, I mean, they're not necessarily of, paying just to see your. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and also it was post COVID, lots of people didn't turn up, you know. So, but this we know we're going to have packed houses, and, yeah, yeah. and you know we'll have the mag- a Q and A, magical there. yeah. Cool. And yeah. the fact
1: that people finally get to see, like, I mean, people are seeing your film, like, you know, people like us like enough, but the general audience yeah. to actually have people seeing your film, reacting to your film, talking about your film. Like, are you going to be present at the first sh- screenings of your I'll film?
3: I'll be at all the screenings of the film. Yeah, cool. so I'm going to travel around and yeah, it'll yeah. be a
1: really ama- amazing experience to be there. Kevin Smith does this with his films yeah. now, where he takes it on a roadshow, mm. yeah. and uh, the best parts for him. I like he gets to see the people how they react. He gets to talk to them, get their feelings. Well, I mean that's
0: again a similar issue. He couldn't get he couldn't get funding for his movies. He had to do it himself.
3: Yeah, which is ridiculous, right? His build
0: up. Like you think he would be able to get a small. He's an American auteur. I mean, maybe he's
3: made too much TV, and you know, He Man's not that great. But (laughs) well, it's interesting (laughs)
1: because him, like I mean, not. I'm not going to compare you to Kevin Smith because no. you're very different filmmakers. Yeah. But uh, once he had the success of uh, Jansel and Bob Reboot, yeah. uh, the production companies like, okay, we can see you're still a fireball yeah. So maybe now that you have a, a winner under your belt, so to speak, uh, do you, would you be interested in maybe making another movie? At some? Absolutely. Well, yeah, what's yeah.
3: next? Um so anything planned? D- during COVID, I also decided to start my doctorate because there's an amazing guy at Swinburne Uni called Max Schlesser, mm. um, and Max is kind of like the mobile um, guru in Australia and in, in the world really he did a lot of the early mobile documentaries um, with 3G phones and oh. stuff um, and he's a great experimental filmmaker and he's um, Dr Max Schlesser, I should say but I can't um, but he, um, I got talking to him and decided okay I'll do a doctorate um, which is, you know pretty daunting. silly really mm. yeah. um but we'll see how that goes as part-time but as part of that doctorate i make an artifact i make a film and i document the process of making the oh, film cool. that'll be interesting so i want to use the same process again yeah um i'm literally waiting for the next phone to come out um mm. and then we'll see what that's like um claim that on your tax sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then um and then uh i will um I've got some actors working already. So we're working on nice, characters. Nice. Awesome. Um, excited. I'm excited. So literally last week on the weekend before I listened to your, um, the rehearsal pod, I was talking to an actor, basically going through his characters and saying, "Okay, well, can you follow this guy around?" <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, Which okay." Did
1: you warn him that if done incorrectly, he could ruin someone's
2: life? No, <laughs> but I
3: I hadn't thought before about actually putting putting a wig on or something. And, yeah, and, becoming um, the thrifty boy. look. Yeah. maybe
2: maybe your next project should be a remake of One Punch where you play Matt <laughs> yeah. with a wig and pretend to be an eighteen-year-old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that, maybe that's not. kind of what happened. No, yeah.
3: Um. So. Yes, sorry.
0: We're getting ahead of ourselves. How can people buy tickets?
3: Uh, people can yeah. buy tickets by going to if you Google Demand Film, um, there's a whole bunch of films up there that you can look at. And then One Punch has got a, obviously a poster of a um, of Matt on the front. So if you just mm-hmm. go to Demand Films, you can then go in, um, click on the link for One Punch, and they'll have the different screenings, and you can go and buy a ticket from yeah. there. There's so. there's
2: four screenings in Victoria. Yeah, Geelong, Elsa. Elstonwick, Hawthorne and Mildura. Yeah. And then there's also screenings in South Australia, Queensland, New South Wales and Western Australia. So yeah. if you're listening around Australia, you can see it. allegedly um,
0: we have a listener in Western Australia. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. We need that person. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Honestly, it, it, if
1: you are listening, do look into
0: buying yeah. tickets. Yeah. So the it's an incredible. F- film.
2: First first week or two of September there's lots of screenings. So make sure yeah. you go to Demand Film. Do you have social media or a website
3: for yes, the Yes, um, we've got a Facebook page for the movie, which is um, One Punch Feature Film, which is the Facebook page, and uh, yeah, my Instagram handle, <laughs> which is Danger Das, um, so Soon yeah. that'll be Dr. Danger Das. Yeah, Dr. Danger Das, Danger das. <laughs> um, not that soon, no, it's <laughs> probably seven yeah. years away, Um but yeah, it's it's um, and then I've got the company is Rooftop Film Co, which is uh, my film company. So, um, but main one's probably One Punch Feature Film on Facebook. Um,
2: yeah, well, please come. We'll have all the details of the screening and so on on our social media. Um, I have one more question before we wrap up. Sure. And you'll f- forgive me, <laughs> uh, I read in your bio that. You were a production runner during the production
3: of Pitch Black. Yes, I was. Just one of my favorite stories? movies. I've got oh, the right. best story from, v- from okay, Pitch Black. Okay. Like Pitch Black? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Vinnie Diesel. Yeah. Okay. That's wow. the that's the film where I got fired for driving Vin Diesel too fast. Are you serious? What? I am serious. Yeah. I didn't get fired. I got. I wasn't allowed to drive Vin anymore. Okay. So I was Vin's... What's he I, like? He's great bloke. Lovely bloke. Yeah. yeah.
1: He um, plays d I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He's like... Uh, going, yeah, I'm sorry. Movie
3: stars get a bad rap sometimes because they're in their trailer, you know. Yeah. They need that trailer to be away from everything and, and do their work. Um, he was fine. Um, but I, I everyone went to Coober Petey for the shoot at one yeah. stage and I, I stayed at the studios as the runner in the studios. Um, so two interesting things happened as a result of that. One was the production secretary said, when you go pick everyone up from the airport, you can sign for all their cars so they can just pick up their cars, put your Qantas frequent flyer points on all the things so you'll get all these frequent flyer points mm, Nice. and you'll be able to so, – which I did and then got in a lot of trouble for because all of these people wanted their frequent flyer oh. points for <laughs> their cars. So that was that. And then I was driving Vin back from the Brisbane airport to his place on the Gold Coast and um, and I was pretty tired. I was working six six days a week, 12 hours a day and his. I just noticed his fingers were kind of – Clenching on the on the armrest <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, I look at him and I go, Are "You okay?" He's like, "Oh man, you're going a bit too fast." And look, I'm going 160, um, and so I slow down. I drop him off, and I get back to the studios. and And the production coordinator calls me in and says, "Oh, look, you're not driving vin anymore. He doesn't want you to drive him. He doesn't think you're safe enough. You drive too fast." And that's like, I think that's hilarious considering <laughs> yeah. what he does for a living now. But no, he was an absolute gentleman and. Uh, yeah, very generous, very friendly to everyone on set, very focused, very professional.
0: Yeah, D&D breeze empathy. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah, it. <laughs> oh, he's, he's absolutely in yeah. an yeah. Empathetic. It's, it's and he's
3: Warcraft <laughs> too. It? <laughs> this was, of course, 20-something years ago, so it's yeah. 1988. Well, that's- thank you for satisfying my nerd. <laughs> uh, I was
2: like, yes, bitch, Black. I've got to ask him. <laughs> well, um, do we? it looks like Matt's not coming in for his show. Should we end this and do a bonus episode or just keep it going?
0: It's up to us. He's the I'm guest. fine
2: to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, look, we'll go to a very quick break and we'll be back right after this.
2: You're back on the Tuesday
0: review. Um, this is the end of the episode
2: for yes. now. Thank you very much. For Darcy, for coming in and talking about his wonderful movie and oh. for letting us uh, watch it.
0: And bro- berate you with questions. That's a yeah.
3: pleasure, guys. Yeah. Um, I, I can be the second filmmaker on your amazing podcast. So. Oh, uh, no, hopefully
2: hopefully very not much. the last. Yeah, yeah absolutely not. And no. look, please come back. If and you're hopefully, me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> please come back. And especially when you yeah make whatever you're doing next. Yeah. And if you ever need a Patreon, um, <laughs> uh, kick, if you're ever kickstarting a movie, yeah. I would be happy to oh, definitely. Uh, chip in. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> thank you. Um. No,
1: but it is. It's always a pleasure because we we spend so much time talking about movies. Because like we we're technically we advertise ourselves as a review show, but mm. we're really I, I always say to James we we deconstruct films because we're we're yeah. more interested in the the you know looking at things yeah, and discussing why things, things are the way they are. Yeah. So it's you know we're often in our own head, so to speak, about movies, and we complain a lot. Not all the time. But I'd say we're about sixty. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah, sixty to sixty-five percent. We complain 80 percent. <laughs> it's always nice to have someone in who actually works in the industry, who's mm. made a film because you know we have experience yeah. in certain areas of whatever. But so, yeah. we don't have people yeah. like yourself yeah. in all the time. So it's a pleasure
3: for you to be here today. No yeah. worries. Thank you for having me.
1: Yep.
0: Um, you can catch the uh, Tuesday review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen. Yep.
2: Um Anchor. Like and share the Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, at Tuesday Review AU, And we'll have all of Darcy and the One Punch information up on there. Adios, cousins.